I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm Rebecca Cressman, and today we're actually going to explore something that's very close to my heart. These are ongoing projects that we can become involved in, involved in to change the world. So joining us today from Choice Humanitarian is a CEO, Leah Barker. Leah, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. How extraordinary. I can't wait to talk a little bit more, a lot in more detail about what Choice Humanitarian is involved in, where it's involved, and how we can be a part of it. Also here with us is Drew Platt. She is the Director of Corporate Impact. Hi, thanks for being here. Rebecca, thanks for having us. It's exciting to get to share this great opportunity. You know, I'd love that business card. Yes, I'm in charge of impact. I mean, I think (laughs) that's that's, right. That's extraordinary. But let's talk in general about the impact that Choice Humanitarian has. So let's talk a bit about the foundations of Choice and its goals. So we started, we're celebrating our 35th anniversary this year. Wow. And um, we work in some of the most remote areas around the world. And we um, we work on a leadership model of development that really empowers people to create their own path out of poverty. I, I like to synthesize the work of choice in one sentence. We do not want to rob people from the experience of moving themselves out of poverty. That way, if something ever happened again in their lives, they have that experience of how to create, how to organize their communities, how to mobilize themselves behind a common vision and make great things happen. As soon as you said that, it reminded me of the research we've shown on on human development, that you can give someone accolades and, and uh, solve things for them, and, and they will not develop self-confidence unless they themselves are working through those problems and their solutions. And so that's just a part of human nature. Yep, absolutely. And a part of the challenge sometimes in our in some of these remote areas is that the vision of what's possible in their lives is really small. It's like when you're going to solve a problem and you can only come up with two ideas. Now imagine if we could help you explore 10 different options to solve a problem. So that's kind of how choice can instigate and be a catalyst to create greater change in communities that are that distance from everything else. Right. And so you are talking about remote villages. Remote locations. Seven, eight hours away. Okay. These are individuals. I had an opportunity, and Drew, I was just sharing that with you, um, to travel with choice. And it was 20 years ago. And uh, we flew in, and we were greeted by some team members who were on the ground uh, who work with choice. And they pulled up in a truck, and we got into their truck, and away we went for about three, four hours outside of La Paz, outside of the Altiplano, that really high altitude place. One of the things you see there that you don't see here is that really high elevation means that there's not enough oxygen for there to be a rich, diverse harvest. And as I was learning more about that terrain, the people are living and trying to survive in that difficult terrain. And yet then we parked at a little village and said, this is where the villagers want to well. And we're going to work with them with the supplies they have to make that happen. Does that sound like a familiar story? You know, I think that is absolutely the experience that no matter where you go that Choice works with, and it might be in the Altiplano, which is is barren and desolate, you get that sense of remoteness and isolation that that builds an impact from the time someone shows up in one of these countries till the time they leave. And you can see 20-something years later, you are still 
this imagery, this idea of what that looks like and the beauty of these villages and areas. But also you get a whole different idea of what extreme poverty really means. It meant in that case that for a woman to provide water to drink, cook and clean, she had to either go herself or send her children with a bucket and that child would walk five miles or so fill the bucket or two up because it's only as much as their hands could carry and walk that back. And they were so careful with that commodity. Now, if there was a sudden rain, which was so unusual, they had their own ways to try to capture that water. But that image that once the well was dug with their help and and then water could be there, it changed everything. It became, I don't want to say suddenly a richer community, but it became a, a, a life where they could start focusing that energy on other things to become more productive. It's unfortunate that 20 years later, we've made a ton of progress and still there are women who are spending half of their time collecting water, contaminated water sometimes, to be able to cook, clean, and do their house household chores. And I'm excited about the progress, and I'm depressed hearing you that 20 years ago today we're still facing some of the same challenges. It's a big world, isn't it, though? Yes. It's a big world, and yep. that's where we go back to impact. And for those who just joined us, this is Choice Humanitarian. You mentioned that you have ongoing I can say projects or development going around the world. Where? Where around the world? So we're in Kenya, Nepal, Guatemala, Bolivia, Mexico, Peru, and Ecuador. Wow. And in all of those areas, we do the same thing. It's a catalyst for change, whether it's education, health, economic development, gender equity, which is so important. All research points. When you invest in a woman, she will invest in her children's health and in their education. And so we have a big focus on ensuring that we can empower women so that they can empower their families. Wow. I'm going to talk more about that because that's fascinating. Corporate impact. Does that mean that Choice is encouraging businesses to become involved in ongoing uh, service and uh, humanitarian work with Choice? Or am I, I totally no. misinterpreting Rebecca, your title? Absolutely. <laughs> that is absolutely um, what my part of this program is all about. Um, of course, we can encourage people in a lot of different ways. Um, to get involved. If you have any desire at all, obviously we can plug you in and would love to in helping end extreme poverty in a very impactful way. But corporations are kind of a community within our community where we have the opportunity through these corporate impact programs to really reach out and make a difference. Um, If you think about even working here um, at the news station, when you think about all the people you reach from where you're working, you have the opportunity to communicate a message that's empowerful. You have the opportunity through your work and through your engagement to create and foster a culture of giving for your community in a really strong way that filters out to your employees, to your partners, to their friends and family, and create a culture that can really be powerful and have such a large impact. One of my grown sons had an opportunity to do that, to travel with his work, to be involved in a project um, around, it was in Peru. And this was his first time to be involved with a business, his coworkers involved in this type of humanitarian work. We're talking about shoveling cement with the very basics and carrying water uh, from one place to another. It could be, you know, a quarter mile before you could get it back to where it be. He said it it really changed the way he looked at the impact he can have as an individual, in addition to the way he saw his coworkers 
it, they, it opened them up in a way that you don't always see in an eight to five or nine exactly. to five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Imagine now doing something. We talk about corporations all the time are investing in how to create collaboration within a team or teamwork, that idea that you're doing something together. How Imagine how great you can do that when you are out on an expedition in the field with 15 or 20 or 50 members from your organization. But it's not the only way to engage your community. Anytime you get your company pulled together in a united effort of giving somehow, if you do that well, even doing that can create an amazing impact. And you can do that in by hosting small events, by just generating funds. We have some companies who do some honestly amazing things. Adopt like, a country. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. it's that generation like your son. That mm-hmm. generation wants to work for a company that has a heartbeat. And they want to work for a company with a cause. And a company can really take advantage of this kind of platform to increase employee retention, employee morale, because... The next generation, I think it's in their lifetime that we are going to end extreme poverty. But it's because they're there are these adventurous, you know, segment of the well, population. They've, been, they've grown up with the whole world. Yes. We'll, we'll just say that. That, yes. you know, if you skip back a generation, the only part time we saw the world is if we flew there or we opened up the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Now they have felt connected. They've seen the faces. They know what the food is like. And they do that. It's a small world after all. They do feel so connected to the global community. That is so true. I think years ago, I always say my grandparents had this idea that their backyard was, you know, the people across the street or like, you know, a couple miles away. That was as far as they could impact. Today, I know my kids, they think nothing of spending time in other countries around the world and their students, their fellow students are from all over the world. It really has become a global community. And those communities where we're working, underdeveloped communities around the world, those really are our neighbors of today. So you make an amazing point that it does. What we do directly affects that. So let's say this speaks to my soul and uh, I'm in human resources. I'm a vice president. I work as a receptionist. I'm a, you know, accounts receivable. And I am thinking this would be amazing for my department or for my office to become involved in. Then how do we decide where to go, what to be a part of, whether it be Kenya or Nepal or Guatemala or Mexico, wherever it may be? If the employer is smart, like if you're Christofferson Business Travel and you're in partnership with us, which they are, Mm -hmm. they let their employees decide, what is it that you guys care the most about? So then they invite their employees to contribute out of their paycheck, $1, $2, $5, times 300 employees. Every month, every payroll, that's recurring revenue that then we can make commitments to the countries. So Christofferson Business Travel says, we really care about Mexico. We care about the needs in Mexico. If you're the employer, let your employees have a competition and let them pick where to pick two or three different areas. We care about gender equity. We care about education and we care about Guatemala or wherever. That's another way to engage your employees because the other thing that we're seeing now is we want to drive our own contributions. We want to direct our own funds. We don't want to be a cookie cutter, a part of a program that's one size fits all because everybody has different needs depending on who you know, where you're from, your relatives, yeah, for your me, experience. For yep. me, Peru and Bolivia and Mexico yeah. and Guatemala will probably speak more strongly than Nepal, just because of family history, because of, 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 of my love of, right, the Hispanic culture. But for someone else, it might be Kenya. 
Yeah. It might be Nepal. So they can choose that. When it comes to expeditions, can entire offices and departments go on expeditions? To oh, get, okay. absolutely. Okay. And we'd encourage um, anytime you want to look up anyone who wants to go on an expedition. Obviously, you can check out our website anytime, which is choicehumanitarian.org. Um, but it'll talk about the organization, give you background information, stories. But it also you can go and you can look up what current expeditions are listed. There are several open public ones that spring break, anyone spring break. could jump on. <laughs> yeah, in fact, if you are looking for a spring break activity, we have an amazing one to Ecuador coming up that we would really love to fill. Okay, when, we, when we say we'll spring break, what do you mean? We are talking the expedition is March 3rd through the 11th. That's so just around the corner. Yep. It's so close. Yep. But can you imagine a better thing to send your kids on for their spring break right, this yes. year. Go like, with yes, them. Yes, you are going Build on a spring relationships. break, but you're going to go do something really meaningful and it has a long-term impact. It does. So back to our corporate mm-hmm. partners, we could also, we will do private groups with some of our companies. And as we work with different companies or organizations, we can certainly schedule something that is selected for them if they have a large enough group that really kind of meets the needs of what they're looking for. And so a group could be back. from with a business could be three or four people it could be 25. It could be whatever size and they it, just work with you. Absolutely. If okay. it's a smaller group, three or four, we'll usually plug them into another expedition that's already going. So it, you might mix and mingle, which is actually you, very fun. You can meet so many fabulous people and the bonds you form um, with complete strangers right away is cross amazing. department. We're we, talking IT, accounting, maintenance. Everybody wants to be close with IT. Yeah. So that's a great idea. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. In those relationships, there's no hierarchy in a village. Everybody's sleeping in air mattresses. Everybody's digging trenches. There's no boss. There's we, no. Yeah. It's, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And those you can you can really forge some amazing relationships corporate. But I've done them with both of my kids. And I think that they have transformed my relationship with my kids. The contrast that you experience in a remote village is unlike anything we can really offer in the United States. Poverty in the United States is fifty eight dollars a day. Poverty in a developing country is a dollar ninety a day. That's that's a big difference. A dollar ninety. There's nothing on the Starbucks menu for a dollar ninety. I mean, let's think about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I understand, and I've seen it, and I've been there. Drew Platt is our director of corporate impact with Choice Humanitarian. Also joining us in studio is Leah Barker. She is the CEO of Choice Humanitarian. So Drew was talking about okay. So depending on the size, you can either join an ongoing expedition or you can identify one that you can go on or you, Leah, were giving us some ideas. We could just in general help donate and raise money towards different projects that Choice Humanitarian is uh, behind. Can you give me um, some vision? I know I talked about a well in um, in El Altiplano uh, of, Boliv- of Bolivia. I try to speak a little bit more like it's an English word, right? rather. but anyway, we'll just say Bolivia. <laughs> so tell me, can you create an image for me of some of the other ongoing projects yes. or things that you've been doing around the world? One of my favorite projects, you talked about the nutrition in Bolivia, right? And not to pick on Bolivia today, sure. but let's stay with that for a minute. Those classrooms are mini freezers. So we have a very cool technology where we bring a greenhouse into the classroom. So one whole wall to the school, to the classroom will be windows, bringing in the light, bringing in the warmth. And then half of a third of the classroom right here will be family gardens. And the kids manage the gardens. It's the lunch program for the schools. And they're they're learning a variety of different diets and, and they can bring those home to their parents. Do you know that we could grow broccoli? We could grow other things. It doesn't just 
have to be chuños for breakfast, lunch, and sure. dinner, right? Right. So that to me is one of the most amazing technologies I'm that we have. I'm just thinking about that. There is a, a woman who uh, led out. Her name was Alice, and she, I can't remember her last name. She kicked off this whole idea that schools around the United States, she started in Berkeley, should have community gardens that the kids are involved in. It teaches them about eating nutritionally. It gets them involved and helps them understand that whole organic, uh, you know, um, the experience of gardening. And there is a sense of, um, of, of real um, accomplishment when you have started with a seed, cared for something, and then harvested that for the good of others. And that's beautiful. So you're incorporating that into a school and a yeah. classroom and then bringing heat and warmth. And those greenhouses, by the way, even when it's cold outside and windy, which Altiplano is a little bit like the moon. And there's only a couple varieties of potatoes that can grow. So if you're talking <laughs> it's about a good description, right, tomatoes and carrots and, yeah. and bringing in some color fruits, it's a huge impact on yeah. the nutrition. Wow. Yeah. I like that. It's one of my favorite programs. Okay. So we've got that in Bolivia. What else? Yeah. If you're in Nepal, we have a super inter- one of our one of our points of differentiation is interesting technologies that relate to, that that are appropriate for each country. So if you're in Nepal, we do the coolest technology, and they're biogas digesters. And what that is, and all Bio- these empower women. Wait a minute, Bio- biogas digesters. digesters. Okay. So these are latrines. Okay, where um. There's a there's a dome on the bottom of the latrines, and to the human waste, you add all the animal waste and the compost from your gardens, and it converts to methane gas. We pipe right from the latrine into the homes, remove the fire the fire burning stoves that they have, open fire where kids can burn themselves, where the smoke. You're oh yeah, talking, it cause respiratory resp- issues all for sorts. that. Mm-hmm. And who's in the kitchen? Moms and their children, yes. right? And sometimes they're livestock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yes. And so now we pipe right to the latrine and it goes right into the stove, into their house. And methane gas is one of the cleanest gas that there is. And now they have a fuel to cook with, with just the waste from the household. I'm stunned. I had never heard of that. It is really a cool technology. Right. So suddenly you start to appreciate the latrine more than you've ever appreciated before. Yeah. Wow. You're talking about Mm -hmm. eliminating open defecation. There's such a, a host of um, ramifications that which which and, and uh, you have to go cut the wood sanit- right for the stoves. Now you don't. Now you have methane gas. You don't need to deforest your beautiful region. And you were talking about um, water. So often the water is contaminated because we're washing. You see sewage going, natural sewage going right into the rivers. If you have a stove inside the house, you can also boil the water as you continue the education process to talk about how can we make sure that we are helping to raise our children not only healthily, but, you know, uh, eliminate the exposure to disease. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. If you just join us, this is Choice Humanitarian. We're just talking about one of the uh, ongoing projects in Nepal. We mentioned some ongoing projects in Bolivia. Joining us is not only um, Leah Barker, the CEO of Choice Humanitarian, but also Drew Platt with Corporate Impact. Coming just around the corner, you mentioned spring break to Ecuador. Now, is this co-workers? These are family members who can be a part of this? This is an open expedition, so anyone can be a part of this. Um, we have a few spots left open, so maybe there's a couple people from your corporation you'd like to get on board. Maybe it's family you'd like to go, or you just want, you have some time over spring break and you need to get out of the house, get away from I'll, your I'll children you, you for don't spring have to, break. You, you do not this have to have a travel great. companion, do you? <laughs> yeah. No, we have a lot of people who go on their own. And that's one of the beautiful things about this experience is you're with a group of people that 
you can't help but get to know and have an amazing experience with. You do kind of recreate family uh, as soon as you are stripped away from everything that normally defines you. You you uh, instantly bond. What will you be doing in Ecuador during spring break? Uh, they are actually working on a water and fishery project, um, which is going to be a really cool, I think, opportunity. It's not one we do as often. A lot of times we're doing stoves or different things. So this is going to get someone the opportunity to really get in the nerdy, nitty gritty of helping build a watery system that supports um, a, a fishery, basically a pond where they can help generate as a as food source um, fish on an ongoing basis, grow and harvest to supply ongoing food source. Well, and, and not only is it food that they can consume, but that which they're not eating can be sold and then we start talking about economic benefits as well for them. That's extraordinary. Economic development is really the exit strategy. You can help a community cope with poverty. They have access to clean water, access to education. But at the end of the day, moms want what we want. They want when their kids are sick, they want to be able to take them to the hospital and pay. Schools are not free in developing countries. They want to have money to pay for the books, for the uniforms, for the meals, right? And so... When you think about it, 75% of people that are in developing countries, they're agriculture. They're developing a commodity that somebody here wants. So if you're doTERRA, you're looking for essential oils. So our farmers in Guatemala have been growing cardamom for a century. So now if we, when we bring those two together, you're talking about doTERRA paying, uh, buying 100% of their product at fair market value, guarantees the farmers a living wage, right? And you can link these two together. doTERRA benefits, they needed it. The families benefit, they needed it. And so corporate impact extends across the gamut here for, from companies that need a product. Creo Brew, if you're in Provo and you're, you're looking for fine cocoa beans, please, let's go to Peru. That's where you're going to find. And that's new to me because it was interesting when I was traveling last to Peru, I was in a chocolate shop and they, those uh, cocoa beans had been grown just up, uh, I'm pointing north, <laughs> <laughs> up in the hills. And I was so excited about that, having lived before in, in Bolivia, because I knew the challenge, how, do, is it, how does a farmer who depends on the coca plant um, wipe that crop out? And then go hungry unless there is a replacement possibility. And so when they started to introduce the cocoa bean to Bolivia and Peru, I started thinking, oh, we just need the world to eat more chocolate. Quinoa. Yeah. Quinoa is the new fad. Bolivia has been producing quinoa forever. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. They are known for our quinoa soup as yeah. well. This has been extraordinary. We have just three minutes together. What else can we convey that will help people understand the importance and the ability for them to have an impact with Choice Humanitarian? You know, Rebecca, I think one thing is people often think, you know, but what can I do? How Maybe I can't go on an expedition right now. Maybe I don't have a way to give. But it, the smallest thing can often make the big difference. And you talk about how impactful a dollar can be. Um, one thing that we do really well is leverage for every dollar that someone contributes. We turn that into five um, while we're working in country in, in, in a variety of ways. And so there's a lot of ways, though, that you can help do that. You can go on an expedition. You can just donate, whether it's a dollar or a million. Don't get me wrong. We're delighted either way. And every dollar counts. 
You can't you, can under, get, you can't underscore the importance and the importance of that because people will want to bring you stuff, right? But we we have a no gifting policy. We don't want people to be receiving us with their hands open. What did you bring me? We came in solidarity to work on leadership so that you can move yourselves out of poverty. So I would prefer to to raise the funds and go buy in country, improve the local economy. When you purchase the stuff in country, right? Right. It makes sense. Yes. And so you, you just can't underscore the importance of dollars without, without me sounding too greedy. Right. So that those dollars can be used on the ground yes. in the countries where the projects are ongoing. Yes. Yeah. So there are so many ways. And that, we can give online the, yes. the dollar, the $5 so can, a month. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, the website's just www.choicehumanitarian.org. Um, if you what about go Lofty? There, um, there are so many ways. We have a shopping browser. Once you go onto our site, if you go to Take Action and then End Poverty Now, there's a list of ways that you can get involved. One of them is we have a shopping browser that makes just you just you download the browser and then when you shop at over a thousand different retailers that are partnered, um, it automatically pulls up and tells you a certain percent of your purchase is going to Choice Humanitarian. And why so not? many people shop online. Yep. Yes. Okay. You were going to do it already. Those shoes, they can make a big impact. All right. So we'll look at that at choicehumanitarian.org. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to look for End Poverty. That, End Poverty. That tab and, and then, click on that. Okay. Yep. Look for the browser. Uh-huh. Take action and then End Poverty Now. I love that. How and about And there's you? a list of ways. You can volunteer. You can um, sign up. Even education sign up for our emails sign up for our facebook and by the there's way a, there's some thrift stores that are out south that are called tags thrift and choice is the beneficiary so if you want to do a collection if your company wants to collect goods then let's collect the goods let's monetize it here in the united states and let's go improve economies in the country so when you donate to tags then the money benefit when that is sold that yep. money is helping to benefit choice yeah that's helpful to yep. know as well but you mentioned facebook so is it choice humanitarian your facebook page Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes. look for that as look well. At that you can even go onto the website again. It'll let you link to all of our social media Brand new website. or get engaged. Yeah. You can so, get engaged on the probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, not a bad idea. <laughs> you probably there is Machu nothing Pichu. better than meeting someone with your same goals and ideals while in a faraway country. Where were you engaged, Kenya? <laughs> I love that, Drew Platt. And Leah Barker, thank you for your energy, for your passion, for encouraging us to step outside of our circle compassionately and understand if you've had a difficult day, you may not even imagine the difficulties that someone else has had around the world and how you can work with them to change their future. It's called Choice Humanitarian. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.